My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996. We were homeschooling our kids and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers. Hey y'all, welcome to the Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. It's good to be with you in the middle of the week. <laughs> to, to the, we had a debate. We had a the, debate about this. To the Cross Politic? Yes. To the Cross Politic. To the Cross Politic, because I was trying to think about what, what, what day the show's I, is I, I, I could tell you, it's like you were, aren't used to introducing the, people to the show. Uh, I'm going to bring this up anyway. How anyways. long have you been doing this? How long? I don't know. It's like How long have you eight, been doing it? Eight years. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, years. Act like it. Come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, make sure you guys download the app. We have, if you don't know, if you aren't aware, we've we've mm. built a new app. We transitioned from the old app to the new app. And if you haven't, and especially if you are if you downloaded the app and you're on a, a Droid, you actually got to delete the app and go to the App Store and, and download it. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so we have thousands of, we had thousands of people who that's, had the, the previous app. That's, that's, and then And then now... Um, so we got to build that back that, up. That's not how you talk to Android it's users. Yeah, you have to, you have to do stuff like this. If you have an Android, <laughs> delete the app, <laughs> download it again. It's like your phone. You have an Android, <laughs> and then go sell it and buy Apple. Phone. Your phone's so <laughs> custom. You got to do- <laughs> download then, it, sell oh it, <laughs> and then go buy an Apple. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking now of reaching out to Android users. <laughs> Um, we uh, Christchurch is sponsoring a missions conference. That transition, well, how to uh, connect the dots for me on that transition? Well, they're unbelievers, and they need, <laughs> they need Jesus. Obviously, they haven't um, enough sanctification. Uh, <laughs> uh, great commission. Uh, yeah, they're on. responsible for the trans problem. Oh, I see. I, 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 see. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, no, uh, the missions conference uh, here in Moscow uh, is March eighth and 9th. Um, and uh, registration is open. It's actually a free conference, um, but uh, there's limited seating, and so we'd love to have you come. Uh, This year's uh, theme is on, like, uh, it's it's, uh, of whom the world was not worthy, Mm -hmm. and it's particularly Mm -hmm. on missionary biographies. Um, I'm going to be giving a talk. Joe Rigney's giving a talk. Um, I think Pastor Doug is giving a talk, and Jared Longshore. Who's, Who's your biography? I'm doing John... And there's debate over how to pronounce his last name. It's either Patton or Peyton or Petten. I don't know. It's Scottish. Yeah. And nobody knows how to say it. But John Patton, Peyton, I got to decide this before I give the talk. These yeah. Just lean into it. Whatever you, whatever um, you come he, up with. I'm he was a it. Presbyterian, Scottish Presbyterian missionary to the New Hebrides. Uh, and New Hebrides was full of man-eating cannibals. Wow. And, um, mm. and uh, he spent his life preaching the gospel there and establishing the, uh, a Presbyterian church there. Wow. Uh, which is still there to this day. You know, this is funny. I'm not even being that's incredible facetious here, but uh, these conferences are legendary. Mm. If you were paying attention to these conferences 25 years ago, <laughs> you would have had a handle mm. on all of the LGBTQ mafia, true. Uh, the, the old uh, history uh, conferences. The, uh, yeah, yeah, all of the yeah. Um, intersectionality. You would have had a whole handle on. Um, the social justice move. You would have had a handle on all this stuff yeah. if you were paying attention. You wouldn't have been surprised by it. So if you want to get a handle on the next 20 years of what's coming, you might want to go ahead and come yeah. out to the mission conference. That's yeah. True. So um, just I, there should be a good web. I don't even know what the website is. I'm, I, well, that's bad. I, I know. This is I think ter- you go to Christ Church's website and click on ad. missions conference. Yeah. There's that's not, the best way. Christkirk.com yeah, is probably the best yeah, way to Yeah. There's. 
Yeah, I just did that, and there's no oh, links no. there for Missions Conference. So maybe that's the We'll part find of out by the end of the show. Anyways, just people Google Christchurch <laughs> Missions Conference. We, we try to make it hard for people. Yeah. Um, that way we know they want to be here. Tired of someone else <laughs> telling you where to go when you have a medical need? Are you ready to take control of your health care? Then it's time to take a look at Samaritan Ministries. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing with no restrictive networks. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the health care provider that's right for you, and you have a say in the treatment that you receive. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries, and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. Join 80,000 Christian households across the nation who have already taken control of their health care. Go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitik. And speaking, I'm just going to keep doing transitions like this. Speaking yeah. of taking control of your own... Speaking of androids. <laughs> people who don't have control of their own life. People who don't have control of their uh, own health care yeah. uh, decisions. Uh, we're grateful to have Brad Miller uh, back on the show with us. <laughs> He's a former U.S. Army. Brad is not in control. No, he, no, no. he's, he's he take, actually did he's take taking control. control. I mean, okay. have right. you seen his hair? <laughs> Brad, That's what he's not taking control of. <laughs> Brad Miller is a former U.S. Army officer, author of the Declaration of Military Accountability. Brad, thanks for coming back on Cross Politics. Don't choke me, Brad. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks so much. I don't know whether to tell you that my hair is in control or out of control, but uh, <laughs> but regardless. Hey, really happy to be here with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. And then really quickly, we're also grateful to have uh, attorney our Davis. Lawyer. Our lawyer. Uh, Davis Jans, uh, he, our, he might be our, we're not, he's not our lawyer. No. Uh, but uh, We'd like him to be. <laughs> yes. We can't afford him. Um, Gabe said before the show, he's like the where's Waldo of, 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 of legal fights, of like constitutional legal fights. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, will yeah. find Davis, Davis thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Davis wears all his uh, glory on the on the chin. Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, Brad, what is the Declaration of Military Accountability and why is it necessary right now? Yeah, so very simply stated, the Declaration of Military Accountability is a one-page document that was created by a group of service members and vets and was pushed out to the American people. You have to excuse my voice a little bit. I'm, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, but uh, in any case... Um, the primary author of the document is Rob Green. Okay. Uh, Rob Green is a currently serving naval officer, but he put together some words, socialized it with a with another, you know, a small group of us, myself included, and we kind of got the wording exactly where we wanted it, and then uh, we socialized it with a larger group of service members and vets, mm -hmm. and 231 individuals put their names on this document, which basically is a pledge from the 231 signatories to the American people that we are no longer going to stand by and let the military, basically the military be destroyed by its own leadership. So the way that we see it is for two plus years now, we have watched the military's leadership willfully disobey, um, not just the law, but also act in full violation of their oath to the constitution Ooh. and also willfully violate the military's own regulations. And so basically this is a pledge from us to the American people that we're going to do everything lawfully within our power to, um, to hold those accountable who are responsible for this. And this is this this is particularly has to do with the issue of COVID mandate vaccine mandates in 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 all the military branches, correct? Yeah, so we all know there's a lot going on that's wrong in the military right now. That said, this declaration is very narrowly focused and it is specifically focused on the uh the implementation of the COVID-19 vax mandate which we maintain was both unlawful and harmful. I'm, I'm going to read just a yeah, couple. Yeah, I want you, I want you yeah, to yeah. do that. We were uh, looking at this before we got on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is, uh, you can actually go to militaryaccountability.net. 
uh, you already have, it's only been released, it looks like for a couple, three weeks or so, 25,000 additional signatures on it. Um, and so it uh, it references, you know, the Declaration of Independence, Founding Fathers. It references um, that they're, you know, kind of what Brad was saying, that they're pursuing accountability. Um, and while, let me start here, while implementing the COVID-19 vaccine mandate, military, military leaders broke the law, trampled constitutional rights, denied informed consent, permitted unwilling medical experimentation, and suppressed the free exercise of religion. Uh, and then it goes on, I'm going to skip around a little bit, and then it goes on to say that their actions caused ir- irreparable harm to the armed forces and the institutions which we have fought and bled for. And the leaders have refused to resign. Uh, and then um, in all this, uh, it says we intend to rebuild, so the goal is to rebuild trust, demonstrating that leaders cannot cast aside constitutional rights or law for political expediency. Um, um, okay. Uh, we undersign on behalf of hundreds of thousands of service members and American people while appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for guidance and purity of intention, mutual, mutually pledge to each other that we will do everything in our power through lawful word and action to hold accountability of our military leaders. One of the things that you also reference in this is that... Uh, your appeals process, you guys have appealed this thing and through normal channels in the military, but those haven't been heard. And then you go on to say, we pledge to recall the retirement um, from retirement. So, okay, let me, I'm sorry, back up a little bit. In the coming years, thousands within our network will run for Congress and seek appointments to executive branch offices, while those of us still serving on active duty will continue to put fulfilling our oaths ahead of striving for rank or position. For those who achieve the lawful authority to do so, we pledge to recall from retirement the military leaders who broke the law and will convene court courts martial for the crimes they've committed. For those of us who attain legislative office, we pledge to introduce legislation to remove all retirement income for the military leaders who are criminally complicit and will ins- and will ensure non-service in in or retire from the senior executive services. Um so you guys are wanting to go kind of all in for the next 30 years on this thing and go after even the retired military leaders as you guys get in position of authority over the coming years. Yeah. So what I would say is there's kind of the, um, the time horizon along which we're looking for in terms of like how long it would take for a lot of this to come to fruition. And for sure it might, it might take a while, but we believe that this is, this significant when you look at what all has been done and the way in which our military is being destroyed you know we have to do this but however there's another aspect of timing as well and i think that's where we recognize that now is the time for us to move forward on this now it may take a long time for all this to come to fruition you know this is you could say that this is what we are trying to do is simple but that doesn't mean that it's easy and we we acknowledge you know we're in this for the long haul but you know that other issue of timing is that Everybody knows 2024 is going to be a big year. And I'm not just talking about the election. It's just, there's just so much going on right now. There's um, there's just a lot of energy in the air right now. And people know that if it's not now, then when's it going to be? Okay. okay I got to ask Davis. Um, you know, I've respected you up until this point. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been a good guy and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you're a lawyer. So I believe you take up cases that you think are good to take up and that you believe that you can win. But this, this is not even a legal case. What even is this? What is this like a threat? What are you doing? 
<laughs> well, so a couple of things just by way of background. So Rob Green, who was one of the really a lot of the idea behind this is my client. So I will ah. I will say that I will I will own him. I will also say he wrote an excellent book. It's called Defending the Constitution Behind Enemy Lines that Rob Green wrote that. Okay. So I think that's an important perspective people can get and mm. you can see why it it led up to this point. But here's Here's the issue. I'll give you two examples of why accountability is so important as we look at this and then also why so many people feel we have to look to extraordinary measures for accountability in this. So the first thing is the Secretary of Defense, the still serving Secretary of Defense was told by the Inspector General, the watchdog agency for the Department of Defense in June, they were told in June, hey, these religious accommodation requests are not being properly processed. It is apparent to us as the IG, as the watchdog agency, you are violating constitutional rights in your religious accommodation review process in the military. The Secretary of Defense did nothing with that from June, did nothing with it in July, did nothing with it in August. And it only had an impact after there was FOIA requests and other things, and it was made public. Nothing was done with it. So the mm. Secretary of Defense was told, you are apparently, it is obvious based on our initial analysis, you are violating the constitutional rights. All wow. the branches of service are violating the constitutional rights of service members, and they did nothing. Wow. They did nothing in response to that. They were aware and they did nothing. That's one example. The second is example is in the federal courts, the Department of Defense and Department of Justice, their attorney said the United States military does not believe it has to follow the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. We don't have to follow that. It's only enforceable. It's only something we even have to worry about if we are sued, we come into court, and a federal judge tells us we have to follow a law <laughs> written by Congress. There are multiple examples I could give. We could spend hours talking about the examples I could give, but those are just two examples of why, you know, military members, people that retired, others that were kicked out, individuals like Brad who went all the way in, put all his cards on the table and resigned um, because of these issues. Those are just two examples of the lack of accountability and just the utter arrogance that you see in the executive branch and why this created a bit of a constitutional crisis. So when you have that in mind, you say, okay, listen, we do need individuals that were kicked out or forced out of the military over this uh, illegal, unlawful mandate to run for office. We need them in positions of authority. Elections matter as well. We need people who are involved in this. We need people like Brad and others appointed to positions within the Department of Defense under a conservative administration that would actually allow them to bring about reforms. And I don't think, I don't know that Brad's looking for that job, but I'm putting his name in the hat <laughs> for a position in the next administration. But, I, but I'm deadly serious about that when we look at this, but that's the kind of accountability we need. And many people may not realize it, but there are multiple serious congressional candidates that are individuals who were forced out of the military or disciplined in the military because of this mandate. And some of them are going to win election and some of them are going to be serving in Congress very soon, God willing, and there will be accountability when that comes down, but they're going to need help and support so they don't just get sidelined. So Davis, you just mentioned like two pretty shocking facts and it seems like you should be able to sue the secretary general based off those facts alone. Could you get, go take him to court or, you know, 
No. <laughs> no. The, the answer is because of the way the military is structured. One of the things that our federal government is very good at is giving senior leaders immunity. So they're mm -hmm. very good at giving themselves sovereign immunity, which it makes it very, very difficult to hold them accountable in federal court. And with all the litigation that occurred in federal court over the vaccine mandate, even though there were injunctions that helped and helped buy time, ultimately, the courts did not hear those cases. They did not take those cases up on the merits to actually hold people accountable because the mandate was lifted. Um, by Congress. So a lot of these things didn't go all the way towards accountability. And then the courts just said, well, there's no mandate anymore. So these cases are moot. We're not going to go to trial and, and deal with all these issues because there is no mandate anymore. The problem is there will be another mandate. There will be another situation. This will come up again. And in some respects, it is fair to say these senior leaders have not been account accountable in any way for their actions that they did that were unlawful, they were unlegal, and they have damaged the readiness of our United States military, and they have damaged individual military members. So all of those things are true, but but the federal government is very, very good at giving itself sovereign immunity and making it very, very difficult to do this. The other piece is, even for one individual military member to go to federal court, it is not unheard of that that litigation would cost $250,000, yeah. right? That's that's just not unheard of because it will take years. And one of the biggest plays that the federal government loves to run in federal court is to delay and delay mm. and delay and throw up every procedural roadblock and obstacle they can so that people literally run out of time, money, oh. or, or, or energy to continue to pursue litigation. So those are issues that are there. There are processes by which these people can hold them accountable, but it comes from Congress and it comes from senior other senior leaders within the military and in the federal executive service that could actually hold people accountable. Brad, um, is is the thought? I mean, I, I, I think Knox was kind of asking this before, but I, I guess I want to press it again. Like, is the goal? Um, I mean, is the goal to simply do what you're saying you're going to do in this in this declaration of military accountability? Like, we're, we're just going to run for office, and we're looking to continue to serve, and and we are going to establish accountability. I, I mean, it also comes across as a threat. I, I mean, it, it's, it's you know your your guys' jobs are on the line. I also imagine this is making this has got to be making some military officials mad uh nervous uh, I, I don't know like and do you expect any backlash from this um especially from people who are still serving i mean rob the guy who wrote this is he still serving yeah 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 he is so i mean i would tell you that rob green is the you know the most courageous person serving in the military right now um you know he's he's the primary author of this declaration but also the book that uh davis mentioned a couple of minutes ago that came out last summer appropriately enough released on um, July 4th, defending yeah. the Constitution behind enemy lines. And and Rob and others who are still serving have courageously put their names on this document. So here's what I would say about the backlash. As of right now, when we're a couple of weeks in, um, there has been no official response to the declaration from DOD. And, and I think that's to be expected. I think their first course of action in as much as they can do it, and for as long as they can do it, they're going to try and ignore us. It's up to us to make ourselves unignorable. To some degree, once they acknowledge that we're even here and that we've presented this declaration, that already somewhat legitimizes our claims. Because, you know, you mentioned a couple minutes ago, I mean, 25,000 people have already signed our petition. And just let me hit that real quick. So if you go to militaryaccountability.com, 
and it'll come up as net, but you know, com will just take it in net. So I just tell everybody militaryaccountability.com. Um, we've, we've had some, some site issues we're kind of working through there, hence the confusion, but just militaryaccountability.com. You will find the declaration. You'll find the names of all the signatories, but then you will find a petition associated with the declaration that anybody can sign. You do not have to have any affiliation whatsoever with the military. That's just for Americans who read that petition and agree with it, want to support us. They know change needs to occur. They care about what's happening in the military and they want to support. And so would I, would I, would I use the word threat? I would not use the word threat. That said, we are serious. We, we want people to be held accountable for the laws that they broke. But here's what we're saying. We, we don't want to do anything to circumvent the Constitution. We don't want to do anything that is outside the bounds of the law. In fact, our chief complaint is these senior leaders violated their oaths to the Constitution. They broke, law, they broke laws. They violated military regulations. All we're asking is for all of those things, those frameworks that already exist that were not followed, all we're asking is for those that did not follow them to just be merely held accountable. I want to, I've got a follow up question on that, but yeah. I got to read this ad and then I'm coming back to you, Brad. Um, if you're a fan of Cross Politic or the Fight Laugh East Network, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Rowdy Christian Merch is your one stop shop for everything Cross Politic merchandise. Hey, Gabe, when, when are we going to get the Prodigal America merch going? Um, uh, probably in, after. Oh, after, business meeting? Uh, business uh, meeting? After, uh, after uh, Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. After? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. People are asking for it now. Now? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's All advertisement. Right. All right. Yeah. Prodigal America merch. You heard it here. We just had a business okay. meeting. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases. Visit Rowdy Christian merch at rowdychristian.com, rowdychristian.com, and buy that next gift or a little something for yourself. Remember Valentine's Day right around the corner. Nothing says love. Like Rowdy. Like Rowdy Christian merch, rowdychristian.com. Um, I was going to ask you, um, is the, um, uh, Brad is, is the, has there been anybody at all? Like that's been in leadership that was involved in enforcing mandates who has changed their minds, who who has softened, who has come back maybe even quietly and said, guys, you're right. I screwed up publicly. No, here's what I can tell you. I can tell you we've got. We have billets for approximately 600 active duty generals and admirals. So that's across the entire active duty force, one star to four star, about 600 billets that we maintain for those, uh, for, you know, individuals in those positions at that rank. Of those that are currently serving, all of them went along with this. Otherwise, they, they, they wouldn't still be in. They wouldn't still be in those positions. And none of them, I repeat, none of them have come out and publicly spoken up about what has happened. Mm. Man. So now there may be individuals who retired. Yeah. There may be senior leaders who have retired because they didn't want to go along with this, et cetera. But what I'm saying is yeah. all our generals and admirals that are active duty that are currently serving right now, you know, hundreds of them, exactly zero have come out and spoken in any way publicly against what's happened. Even 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 making some sort of soft comment in support of us yeah. or 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 soft criticism of the mandate. No, that has not happened. And these are supposed to be our brave men going out to war. Yeah. yeah. Our brave men, you know, defending our country. In, uh, right. Our brave men, you know, that if if Russia attacks, if China attacks, if 
if we get in a you know World War Three, they're going to be leading the charge. That's right. That's right, man. And that's why this matters. That's why this. I mean, integrity, courage. I mean, these things all like you. You don't. Um, you can't have a, a, a failure of nerve and integrity in one place, yeah. and then that's that's somehow like magically come back yeah. w- when you're fighting the commies or or. I mean, you know, I thought whatever. I thought the LGBT and trans thing is weakening our army, hands down. Sure, but this is worse. Mm. Mm. Why do you say you it's think? Worse? Why do you say it's worse? It, it seems like well, these these guys, you know, have been serving for a long time. They're they're some sort of general. They're some sort of star, right? Yeah. One, two, three, mm-hmm. four. Because they, they're, they're eating themselves. They're attacking them like they're well, attacking so, good men. Like that is what you mean by it's worse. Well, and and they are um, not able to stand up to their own people. After they've been in the military for what twenty five years, twenty twenty years, fifteen mm. fifteen twenty five years, and they can't stand up here, yeah. and in this place where it should be easy to stand up. Well, this is the kind of thing that makes men want to follow you too. So when a man stands up and it takes, I was going to ask you about Rob Green because we got to get him on the I was, show. I really want to talk to yeah. Rob, but yeah, so, yeah. So, introduce me, Davis. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how Rob <laughs> is able to manage doing what. What does he even do, and how is he able to do that? Knowing there's got to be targets on his back. You know, from from the beginning, Rob has been one of those people that felt called to continue to serve um, in some capacity. But uh, the simplest thing I can say about his situation is is Rob is an outstanding officer and they they need him. They need people mm. like him. But but he's simply not complied and he's demonstrated throughout. He's shown them this is why I'm not complying. This is why it is unlawful. And and he's done things the right way throughout. So he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't committed any violations of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. He simply said, I will not go along. There was a period of time where Rob was working in a parking lot from his car on a laptop, getting Wi-Fi from the building and handing papers through his car window. I'm not kidding you. Handing papers to people through his car window because he wouldn't put on a mask to go into the building, but he could still continue to do his job, and he was continuing to do his job. So... Absolutely. You know, that, that is what we need, but, but Rob has been very careful. Rob has been very smart about calling out, uh, asking for accountability. At the same time, he has complied with the law. He has, he has said no to certain things, but he has always found a way to continue to do his job and to meet his responsibilities. And he hasn't gone looking for unnecessary fights. So he's done that very, very well. And that's why he's still in, still serving. Um, and they haven't been able to come after him yet. It's like not not all heroes wear wear capes, you know, kind of thing. It's like sometimes they're parked in their car, <laughs> handing, handing papers, papers through windows, <laughs> handing papers through the through as the there's COVID all over the paper. Hey, do you guys do you guys have about ten more minutes? I want to be able to talk to you backstage, and I got some. I, I have I don't know if I can even release this out there like this, but I, I have a question for you <laughs> that might get you some trouble. But you guys got ten minutes, you know, to get in some trouble on back backstage. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I like that. All of a sudden, I'm going to see all these military accounts go backstage like, what did they say? <laughs> it worked. All right. <laughs> well, give us that website again where people can go and sign this. Um, um, I don't know. We know what the declaration yeah, I'm, I'm signing. Yeah, that's what it is. That too. A declaration. Yeah. yeah so, it's, so it's militaryaccountability.com, and you will find the declaration that was written, has been signed by 231 individuals 
but then there's an associated petition yeah. that anybody can sign. But yeah, that's at militaryaccountability.com. Mm. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll be backstage in just a second. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. And if you don't have one of those cross-politic backstage passes, you should go get one at crosspolitic.com. Get you a club membership and talk with us backstage. This is Cross Politic. I just signed it. Oh, you signed it? Yep. Fast. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. 